All right, good morning, everybody, and glad I was able to get back up here. I know it was a, a little iffy last Sunday, and appreciate everybody bearing with us and um, thinking outside the box uh, last minute, but it, it worked out well, so I hope everybody uh, was able to, to uh, get your coffee down and keep your PJs on for church Sunday. That's what I heard was going on anyway. I had to wear my I had to wear my monkey suit. I thought about wearing pajama bottoms and a my suit top. Then I realized the camera was still going down to my feet. <laughs> uh, we're going to be over in John nineteen thirty this morning. John nineteen thirty, and we're gonna we're gonna do something today that we've been needing to do for several months, but we just couldn't get it to work out. And we're going to honor our graduates and those who have been promoted. And, uh, and we're going to just uh, have a little time and, and encourage. And I, I guess this morning as I was out in the office praying and studying a little bit more, um, I feel like this is a, a charge uh, to to our young adults growing up. But And I guess if you really think about it, it's probably a charge to each one of us. This morning we're going to look at how we're going to finish. Are we going to finish? We're going to finish well. There's a big difference in the two. And I get that, and you're going to see when we read here in just a moment, uh, we'll get that from Jesus and what his, his final three words on the cross were. Now, I want to go back to May and some things that didn't take place in May like they should have, and that would be graduation. Things didn't happen this year the way they were supposed to. Nothing has happened this year the way they're supposed to, the way we plan on. Nobody walked. No, nobody got to sit with their families and, and watch as they go across the stage. Nobody got to enjoy the, the season that, that we look forward to, that these uh, young men and women worked so hard to accomplish they didn't get honored the way they should have and and i got to thinking about this week there's two two types of people that that received their diploma or their degree right you have those that barely squeaked by and was still able you look straight at elijah when i said that (laughs) there was those that barely squeaked by but they still finished but then you have those that excelled in their academics and they finished well that's the difference. Some just finished barely by the skin of their teeth, then others finished well. So my question this morning to each one of us and to y'all, because you're not done yet, y'all got years to go, and y'all, you know, uh, Madison getting ready to start, in a, already starting a brand new career, you know, who knows what Hunter's going to do, and I ain't sure about Elijah, but, and, you know, we know Ariel where she's getting ready to take off and go into, and so, you know, we got to fi- figure out, each one of us, and especially these that are still growing, me and Marie was talking about it, suffering the night, we still don't know what we want to be when we grow up. Neither one of us know what we want to be when we grow up. But how are we going to finish? I don't just want to finish. You know, that's the way I finished high school. I just barely finished. And, I, and I, <laughs> I was down, I'm taking my advanced EMT right now. I had to go down to Troy, North Carolina yesterday, and it's hot down there. But we were talking about how we finished our EMT classes. And we had a paramedic that was there, and that paramedic told me, he said, third time I passed it with a 71. 70 is passing. You only get three tries. And after 18 months of studying and all that stuff, he barely made it. He just finished. I was the same way when I got my EMR and then my EMT. I made a 68, a 69, and then on the last one, I made a 70 on both of them. So I barely finished. But that's not how I want to go out. I want to finish well, and I want each one of y'all to finish well. So that's where we're going to be at this morning, is we're going to be over in John uh, 1930. If you want to stay in just a moment, we're going to read it, and then uh, we're going to pick this thing apart, and we're going to be in Old Testament, too. We've got some good stuff in Old Testament. You know it. You know this verse very well. This is Jesus. He says, when Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Let's pray. Father, this morning, as we open up your service, Lord, as we come to your house and and we try to honor and worship you the best that we can, the best of our ability. Lord, I pray that you'd bless our time together this morning. Lord, as we set a, a Sunday aside, Lord, to recognize those that have achieved such an accomplishment in their lives, Lord. We have those uh, that are moving up to, uh, to high school. Lord, that's, that, I know that's been a struggle this year. Lord, then we have those that have moved away from high school. Now they're going into college. What an honor. But, Lord, you've also blessed a couple as well uh, that have completed their higher education, now they're going into the workforce. Lord, I pray that you would uh, protect and bless those. Lord, I just ask that you would guide them and keep their paths clear. Lord, and just blaze that trail for each one of them, Lord, so that whatever they do in life, Lord, it would just give you honor and it would give you glory. And Lord, it would just uh, absolutely uh, just, Lord, just glorify your name no matter what it might be. 
Lord, we thank you again for this Sunday. Lord, I pray for those that are, are continue to be in quarantine. And Lord, that you would just get them back here at the church, uh, hopefully next Sunday, Lord, and safely. And Lord, protect their health. And Lord, I, I pray again that you just have your, uh, just pour your blessings out on this service today. All in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. 1930, that's, that's one of those, you know, we always try to read it around Easter, but it means a lot right now on how we are going to finish. Now, if you look at it, Jesus doesn't just say how he finished. We have to decide that in our own hearts. All he said is, it is finished, and that was it. It is totally up to each one of us to figure out how he finished. It is totally up to us in our hearts to figure out how did my Jesus finish this race? How did my Jesus finish his time here on earth? How did my Jesus, how did he do it? Did he just finish? Which is what he says, it is finished. Or did he finish well? I have to leave that up to you. I have to leave that up to myself to make that decision in my heart. Did he finish well or not? And I want you to ponder on that. Now Hebrews 12 two says, Looking unto, unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, I believe that is telling us right there that Jesus didn't just finish. Jesus finished well. There's a lot packed in that right there in Hebrews to tell us that Jesus absolutely finished well. And if you have anything to say about that or you want to try to deny that, we'll talk a little bit later. But I believe that scripture right there tells us wholeheartedly, 100%, that my Jesus finished this race here on earth well. And that is exactly what he wants from each one of us. Finish this race well. And it ain't just those that are going to ninth grade or going into college or going into the work uh, workplace, going into the workforce, whatever. It's for all of us. Those of us that are working right now, we need to finish that as we go into retirement, and we need to finish well. And when we get into retirement, we need to finish our retirement well. I don't know what that might be. But we've got to finish everything that we do well. We can't just halfway do everything. We've got to do it well, finish it well. The only thing that we are not to finish well is our steaks, okay? Steaks are not made to be well done. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. You've got to be a little pink, all right, just so you know that. So he, the Bible's telling us right here he's the author of our faith, but then it says he's the one who made it perfect. Yeah, he, he is the author of it. He is the author of the one that we believe in. He, he wrote this thing. The Bible tells us over in John, that he wrote it. He is the one. He and his father are one. They are together. He wrote this thing. But then it also tells us that he made it perfect. Because you know that anything God makes is perfect. Y'all really understand that, right? Even though we look at each other and we might have flaws, in God's eyes, we're perfect. So I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that what he done when he formed us and when he, he authored and wrote our faith, that he done it perfectly. And without missing a beat, he dotted every. I crossed over T. He didn't miss one thing because he is perfect. So that I know that our faith, because he is our author, that I know that it is perfect, absolutely perfect. Now I say that's finishing well right there. Now, he didn't go to the cross doing something that the rest of us would have done. When I read the Bible, I see Jesus just going to the cross. I see him picking up his cross. I see him dragging it up that hill, and I see him being nailed to that cross his hands and his feet, and I see him wearing that crown of thorns. I see Jesus going to the cross, but my Bible doesn't tell me that my Jesus went kicking and screaming. The rest of us did. I guarantee you those two thieves that hung on either side of him were doing that. As they carried their cross, which they probably didn't have to do, they made Jesus do his. But I guarantee you, as they were being uh, shackled or unshackled and led up to the, to the hill up to Golgotha, I guarantee you those thieves were kicking in and screaming. They didn't want to go. They may have drug them by the hair on their head. I don't know. But they didn't want to go. Jesus was not like the others. Jesus, he, he knew there was a plan. He knew there was a great plan. So he didn't go kicking and screaming like normal people would have done. He went willingly because he knew of the joy that set before him. He knew what was coming next. He knew that when he said, it is finished, and he gave up the ghost, he knew where he was going. And who he was going to be with. But he also knew in his heart, as he said, it is finished, he knew what was finished. He knew that that bloodshed for each one of us, that he had paid the price for each one of us. And he knew that as long as we put our faith and trust in him, that we too would finish well. 
And that's what he wants right now today is for us to finish well. Don't just finish what you're doing. Don't just scrape by with what you're doing. He wants you to finish well. Well. Hang on to that. Now, he completed everything that needed to be done and is now sitting on the right hand of the Father. That's what we read there in Hebrews. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father. Because he is sitting, right now, he's sitting, I know in my heart he finished well. He's not up there practicing for round two. Right? He's not up there you know, trying to figure out where he messed up and what he needs to do again to make it right. If you all have ever run a race, if you've ever uh, competed in anything, Ariel, when you played softball, if you lost, did you just go home and sit? What would you do? You went and practiced a little harder, didn't you? All right? Because you wanted to finish well. You wanted to finish that game. You wanted to finish what you were doing. Jesus don't have to do that because he nailed it on the first shot. Jesus finished it the way it was supposed to be, and he finished it well so he could go sit with the Father. He didn't have to practice anymore. Think about that. When you mess up, you practice and you practice and you practice. You don't go sit down. So what I read there in Hebrews tells me Jesus nailed it. He finished well. He went and sat by the Father because he'd done exactly what he was supposed to do. Now, i got some other reasons right here to, to help convince you, if I, if I need to, that Jesus finished well. I don't think I need to, but I want you to hang on to these. When Jesus breathed that last breath, every Old Testament scripture that was talked about was fulfilled. Every Old Testament scripture, everything that we read from Genesis all the way up to Micah was fulfilled. All the prophecy that we read in Isaiah and Micah and Zephaniah and all the, the Old Testament prophecies that we read usually around Christmas came to fruition. They all happened. Everything happened that day when he said, it is finished on the cross. So there's another reason for you to hang on to this, knowing that he finished well. There's no more need for sacrifices. We read in the Old Testament where they were bringing calves and, and goats and sheep and, and, or lambs to, to be sacrificed at the altar. Once Jesus said, it is finished, he finished it well because he was the final, the last sacrifice that's ever been needed for us. There will never be another one. There is no need for another one. Remember that. So I know beyond a shadow of a doubt when he said it is finished that he finished that well. And when he finished, there's no longer a need for that Levitical priesthood because he became the high priest for each one of us. I know he finished well. I have no doubts in my mind that he did not finish well. When he finished, guess who was defeated? The devil. The devil. That really does mean he finished well. When he beat the devil, when he won that one out, I know he finished well. And he's telling us today, you keep beating that devil. You keep beating that devil. These ladies here in Cade, you know, going into to eighth grade, the devil's going to lay, just lay a hurting on them. There's a lot of things going on in high schools right now, and it's, it's the devil. And he's going to make it hard on them. We've got some here, Oz, I don't know what your plans are. God does. I know you don't either. You don't know what you're doing. But you know what? devil's got things in store for y'all too unfortunately i can't imagine what madison's getting ready to get into and hunter bless you that's all i have to say i don't know but i don't know what i know what god has in store for him but i don't know what the devil has in store for him but i know he's going to throw wrenches out there at each one of them i know the devil he he's, he's a wily little booger and he likes to throw darts at us and he likes to he likes to make life hard on us. He likes to make us doubt things. He likes to, to make life hard. But the Bible tells us that the devil was defeated by Jesus. So I know he finished well. And so I want to encourage you with this. You can defeat the devil as well and finish well. Just keep doing what we talked about for I don't know how many Sundays now. You tell the devil to get behind you and don't look back. You tell the devil, hey, say, and get, get the hints behind me, just like Peter, just like Jesus. Say, get behind me. Don't bother me. i got great things in store for me up ahead. Don't mess with me. But you can also throw this at him as well. You can say, devil, I'm one of his, and you can't have me. I'm one of his, and I'm going to finish this well. 
I'm finishing this race. I don't care how many speed bumps and, and potholes and how many ditches that you put in front of me. I'm going to finish this race well. I'll dodge them. I'll jump over them. God's going to guide me right over each one. I'm going to finish this race well. You tell him. Get behind you. And when Jesus breathed that last breath, there was not one thing left to be finished here on earth. He had nothing left to do. That was the final thing that had to be accomplished while he was here on earth, and it was for him to die. And so when he did that, when he died on that cross for each one of us, it was done. He didn't leave any, any loose ends. He, has, he does have a reason to come back for us now, but he had no reason to, no reason to come back, no reason to, to say, oh, man, I forgot to do this. I forgot to turn off the stove. Did y'all turn off the gas? I didn't put the fire out. Nothing like that. When he was finished, he was finished, and he finished well. So I have no doubt in my mind that he finished well. Now, here's what you need to know. We're called not to just finish the Christian life. Every one of us are called to finish the Christian life, but not just finish the Christian life. Each one of us, each one of y'all, have got to finish this Christian life well. All right, it's not just going through here uh, on, on, a, on, a, on a licking of promise, as my dad says. That's not what we're here to do. All right, we are to finish what we're doing and to finish it well. We are to, listen to what Colossians uh, 3.23 says. It says, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. I, you know what? Go to college. Don't do it for your mom and dad. Do it for God. Go to high school. You're doing it for God, not doing it for us. Going to college. Do the same thing. Do it for God, not for us. You're going in the workforce. Do it for God. Don't do it for man. That's what the Bible's telling us to do. Whatever we're doing, we do it unto God and not unto man. And yeah, it pleases parents. Absolutely pleases parents. Makes us cry a little bit knowing that our kids are growing up. But it absolutely pleases us to know in knowing that our children are doing things unto God. Our children are going in and getting a higher education, or they're going in and they're working, they're fending for themselves, they're providing for themselves and getting ready for a family or, or marriage or whatever they're getting into. They're doing it, but they're not doing it because I said so. They're doing it unto God. And that's what he wants, that's what Paul's telling us to do. I want to read again. It says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Everything we do, we do it unto God. Unfortunately, y'all couldn't walk across that stage tonight, or this year, I'm sorry. Couldn't walk across that stage and receive your degrees or your diplomas or anything like that. But you got them, didn't you? Please tell me they mailed them to you at least. Okay. And you thank God for it. You thank God for allowing you the opportunity to further your education because there's a lot of people right now in this world that didn't have that opportunity didn't have the chance to go on and, and get a, a, a higher education. There's a lot of people in this world that never made it to the eighth grade. They didn't make it to ninth grade. Never got to graduate high school. Never had the opportunity to go to college. And looking back, they a lot of them I've talked to wish they had. But they didn't have that opportunity. See, y'all are blessed to live in a time when you can and you could. And you thank God for that. The question we've got to ask ourselves this morning is, what will it take? To finish well and that's for all of us not just these on the front pew that's for all of us what is it going to take for us to finish well we're all here breathing right we're all upright we can stand we can walk we can move around so we're not done yet he's not done with us yet so what can we do each one of us to finish what he has in store for us to finish it well we got to think about it every one of us have a different journey in front of us how are we going to finish that and finish it well and, and please God as we do it? Now, we're going to, I'm going to look at some Old Testament stuff real fast to help us uh, kind of figure that out. And I want to go back to the Israelites as they travel through the wilderness and they're going to the promised land. Now, you have to admit, if you're going to look at a bunch of people that finished, you can honestly go back and look at this bunch and say they did not finish well. They did not finish well. Uh, I've said it before. I know there's Baptists because they whined the whole time they was out walking around. Elijah can laugh at that because you ain't Baptist. <laughs> Give me a thumbs up. But they whined and they complained. Nothing was good enough for them. And, and we're going to look at uh, the two people. Actually, we're going to look at one, but we'll look at two real quick. Two of the original of that group were able to enter into the promised land. That was Joshua and Caleb. They were able to go in and, and see what was going on. They were able to see what God had in store for them. But just those two. 
remember the rest were whiners. And I think it's safe to say that they finished well, but I'm just going to look at one of them right here for a few minutes, and that's Caleb, and see what it took for him to finish well. If you want to turn over and follow with me, we're going to be over in Numbers 14. Numbers 14, verse 21. And I want you to know, I got three points out of this right here for us, each one of us today, about finishing well. We're going to look at Numbers 14, 21. Right here it says, But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me now, these ten times have I not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it now i want you to look at that first thing we're going to look at with with caleb right here is the person that finishes well will not compromise their beliefs because of the, because they are the minor, minority we don't compromise our beliefs because we're the minority we are a minority i don't care what anybody says we as believers have become the, the minority we used to be the majority but things have changed and they're changing in, in, in a wrong direction right now so as christians we have become that minority and it's going to get worse but you got to stand on what you believe. You have to. That's what Caleb did. That's, that's what they did here. Listen, it said, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him. Twelve men went in that promised land. Twelve God-fearing, faithful men went into the promised land looking for the milk and honey that God promised them. They were looking for it. But what did they find? Giants. Scared them to death bunch of giants hanging around in the promised land, and it terrified them. And then it stopped them from declaring that the land was just as God had promised them. So as each spy gave their report, th those first ten, they started giving their report back. So the pressure kept mounting on Caleb and Joshua. It just kept mounting up, mounting up, mounting up. What they seen and what the other ten seen, it didn't jive. So that report wasn't. That report wasn't well. That report, I guess we could say, they, they tried to fix it. So they wanted the majority to overrule the minority. And so if you go back and, and you read this, even though the minority, that, as they refused to compromise, Joshua and Caleb knew what was right. We know what is right. All, each one of us know what's right. We know what's biblically right. We know what's sound doctrine. Hopefully we know what sound doctrine is. And so we know what is right. And we know that when we are faced with a, a situation and the Holy Spirit works inside of us and he says, don't do it, don't do it, we get that conviction on us, then you just don't do it. So that's what's going on with Caleb and, and Joshua there. They, they are convicted. This, I believe that says that they had a different spirit. I believe that's the Holy Spirit telling them, don't do it. Don't do what the other ten just did. Don't compromise. Don't compromise this promised land that we're given. So we're going to be tested. These two were tested. These two men were tested. We're going to be tested. And we're going to be different, uh, tested in different ways. There could be times, uh, young folks, don't you listen to this one especially, there's going to be times that you're going to be out and about maybe with your friends, and you're going to be going to town, and they're going to say, hey, let's go watch a movie. And you get there, and it's just an old, filthy, trashy movie, for just something that you, you know better than to watch. You can do one of two things. You can compromise and say, yeah, let's do it. Or you can stick to your guns and what you believe and say, no, I, I, don't, I don't believe in watching that. I'll just sit out here in the lobby or I'll go shopping or I'll go do something else. I, I don't believe in that. You're going to be faced with situations like that. You'll be faced with a situation where you might be out running around with your friends one night and, and you're on your way home and you run across one of your friends that just happens to be 21 years old and like, hey, you know what? If we all pitch in five bucks each, so-and-so here can go get us a little alcohol and we can go down by the river for a little while and we can drink something before we go home. You could pitch in your five bucks and go down to the river. Or you could say, no thanks, I don't believe in that. Get in the workforce. And those of us that are in it right now may have run across this before. I know I have. 
your boss is doing the reports and they realize they messed something up somewhere down the road something ain't jiving the numbers ain't just right so that they might come to you and say hey can you doctor this up just a wee bit so that when we send it on up to the higher-ups it looks better and it doesn't look like we made a mistake they're going to come to you and ask you to fix it lie about it doctor it you could just doctor it up and send it on up to pike and and nobody know what's going on except you know you and god and the people who ask you to do it or you could stick to your guns and know that it's wrong you may face consequences you may face consequences but i believe the lord will bless you for sticking to your guns because you know what's right we are always going to be faced with situations like this where the majority wants the minority to compromise you can't compromise what you know is right you cannot ever back down stick to your guns as they say stick with what you know is right and you will finish well if you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that abortion is wrong you stand on what you believe if you know in your heart that gay marriage is wrong you stand on what you believe because you're right because it's what it's the word you stand on what's right. If you believe in your heart that the Bible is the inspired word of God, you stand on it because that is what is right. Even though we're the minority, you stand on what is right. And when you stand on what is right, you will finish well. God will bless you. But you've got to stand on what is right and not compromise because the majority says you have to. Folks, I'm happy being minority right now. I really am happy with I, I wish there's more of us, that, you know, over third and become the majority, but I'm all right being, you know, the outcast. It don't bother me to be the outcast. And I'll probably be the outcast the rest of my life. As long as we're waiting on God to come back, I, that's probably what all Christians are going to be is the minority, and we'll just have to wait for him to call us back, call us home. But if we stick to our guns and not compromise, we're going to finish well. I promise you that. Number two, the person who finishes well takes God at his word. Now, don't you look there again at that last verse we read, verse 24, it says, And hath followed me fully. And hath followed me fully. It didn't say partially. It didn't say a quarter mile. He didn't say he took a break, stopped by at the road stop there and got him cheer wine and a pack of cheese. It said it followed him fully all the way to the end. He followed him to the promised land. He followed him to the milk and the honey, not the cheer wine and the cheese. All right, he went all the way to the end. That's what he wants us to do. Every one of us, he says, you need to follow me fully. We'll go back to the compromise thing. We've got to follow him fully. We can't compromise and take side roads. No matter where he takes us, we've got to follow him fully. So God had promised him. He said, I'll give you that promised land. He said, I'm going to give them Israelites that promised land. So Caleb took God for his word, but the Bible tells us that the circumstances were saying something completely uh, different. Circumstances were, we can't go there. We are, there are giants and we are grasshoppers. They're big, we are little. We can't do that. We've got to figure out another way uh, to get there. We've got to figure out something totally different. But that's not what God wants us to do. God says don't compromise. He says it's not always going to be easy. The land that he's sending us to, it's not going to be easy to get there, which is heaven. So that's where we're all going to, as long as we believe in Jesus. We're all on our way to that promised land. But we're going to run across giants. I promise you that. You're going to run across. And I ain't talking about Tommy Burleson either. I'm, I'm talking about the devil. I'm talking about some mean people in this world that are going to make us doubt and stop and think and backtrack and, and take side roads and a long way around, that's the devil. The Bible says we got to follow him fully to the end, just like Caleb did, just like Joshua did. we got to follow him fully to the very end and, and get around those giants. Circumstances said that there was no way they could defeat the giants. Circumstances said they couldn't defeat the giants. Two of them had some mighty strong faith in God, and they knew what they could do. They knew they could defeat him. They knew that they could get into that land. So what do you do? Do you take God at his word, or do you consider the circumstances and do something else? A couple of y'all getting ready to get into that. You're really getting ready to see some things in this life that you're going to have to stop and think, what would Jesus do? <laughs> what would God have me to do? What would be pleasing to him? 
face those giants, you can go back to God's word and you get your answers. No matter what giant it is, crack open his word and let him guide you through whatever it might be. Because I promise you, from here to retirement and on, he's going to keep laying it out there. And again, I can't imagine what Madison's getting ready to get into. She's going to see a lot of stuff that the most of us can't imagine happens out there. But when you, when you run into those, those giants, we can't compromise and we can't figure out a way to go around them. We've got to go to God and go through them and defeat them. So do you believe what the Bible says when it says over in Proverbs 22, 6, it says, everybody knows this one, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Or do we look at that child's behavior and say there's no hope? There are times parents have probably thought there's no hope for that young. I can beat him and beat him and beat him and scald him and take things away from him, but there is absolutely no hope for that child. But then you've got to go back to Proverbs. And it says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he shall not depart from it. It's hard. That's a hard one. We can try and train. And we get tested. I don't know a parent yet that ain't been tested at least once in their life. We get tested. But the Bible says, don't compromise. The Bible says, trust in God. I believe whenever he says train up a child and way should go, I believe we shouldn't write that young and off. I believe we should keep trying and trying and trying and just keep giving them over to God. Keep giving them over to God. And it ain't just behavior. All right? It ain't just because of back talk you or sash you. It's those youngins that might be 20 or 30 or even 40 years old that may have a problem with addiction or something like that. We've got to keep giving them over to God and let God take control of their life and your life and guide you on how to fix it and how, how to get them through it. So do you believe the Bible when it says over in Romans 8, 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose? Do you believe that? I believe that. Or do you see no way out of that situation that I'm in will ever come out good? A lot of people says there's no good going to come out of this. Whatever the situation is, I can't, there's no way anybody can make this good. God can. It may look dim and dreary and, and you might be desperate, but God can make that a good situation. God will get you through that situation and you're going to look back and you're going to smile and say, I see God all over it. I see his hand where he pulled me through that. I see exactly when that point when I said, I can't do it, God, here you go. And you let him take control, and you let him take the reins, and he's going to lead you right on through it. And I believe that. There's God's word, and then there's circumstances. We've got God's word, and we've got circumstances. We're going to run across circumstances the rest of our lives. But I'll promise you this, God's word's going to stand. You face them circumstances, you crack open his word, and he's going to get us through it, whatever it might be. So what are we to believe, God's word or circumstances? God's word of the world. I'm going for God's word every time. Even though the world might be able to try to convince us that they're right, I'm going to go for God's word. might be a little old-fashioned, but I believe in it because it's never failed me. It's never failed y'all. never will fail y'all. Don't worry about them circumstances. You just focus on God's word. Those who finish well, I promise you this, they believe in God's word. Now, number three and last one, the person who finishes well runs the race until you cross the finish line got to cross that finish line that's all about that's what a race is it ain't just to sit there and run laps you got to have an end to it at some point so those that are running the race you got to cross that finish line if you're going to finish well now look there again in verse 24 it says him will i bring into the land whereinto he went and his seed shall possess it those who finish well will never lose sight of the finish line you are focused on what's at the end. So our eyes are supposed to be set on what? Heaven. On that the end. We're supposed to be looking uh, for the end, which would be heaven. 
That's our finish line. Once we cross the pearly gates and once we step foot on the streets of gold and we look around and we see all those jasper walls and we see Jesus and, and all that heavenly sunlight that's shining down on us that will never be dark again, and we can walk around and smile all the time and we can, we can talk to our loved ones that's gone on before us and we can sit down and we can feast with Jesus and we can eat manna and drink living water the rest of our lives. You know what? That means we finished well. That means we finished this race. That means we are done here on earth, and we ain't got to come back. It's going to be like Florida. I didn't leave a thing there, so I have no reason to go back. We ain't leaving nothing here. We have no reason to come back. Now, we might have loved ones down here still, if we go by the grave, not by the rapture. But that still ain't a reason to come back. You hear it at funerals all the time. Well, they're up in heaven, and if they could come back, they wouldn't want to. No, they wouldn't want to. I don't want to. I love you, but I ain't coming back for you. Finish well. Finish that race. Don't lose sight of the prize. Don't lose sight of Jesus. In this world, we will get focused on worldly things. We're going to get focused on, on hellish things. We're going to get focused on things that are nothing but the devil. And we're going to lose sight of what God has for each one of us. We're going to lose sight of that heavenly prize. Don't take your eyes off that prize. Whatever you do, don't take your eyes off that prize. Now, the finish line for Caleb was actually walking on the land that God had promised him. So Paul talked about this. Paul talked about fighting the good fight and finishing the race, and he's talking about his death. And I, and I don't know a Christian yet that doesn't want to finish the way that Paul said to finish. I fought the good fight. I fought the good fight. I finished well. Now, sadly, so many of us start out pretty strong. If you've ever seen somebody saved and come straight off the altar and start talking about God and, and how he's been good to him and it's all the great things and they go out into, the, into the, to the world, I guess, and they just start preaching Jesus everywhere they go and they're giving their testimony, they're strong. They're strong. They come out of the gate and they're fired up for Jesus and they're ready to tell the world and save the entire world. But they burn out. They will burn out. They finish weak. They come out hot and they finish cold. That's what happens to a lot of us. We, we don't pace ourselves. You know, once you're saved, you, you don't know everything about God. And you don't know everything about Jesus. You don't know the entire Bible. So I'm not one of those that I wouldn't want to pick the Bible up straight off the altar and start going out and preaching. I believe you need to, be, you need to learn it and you need to study it and, and absorb it. And get to know, get a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, you've got him as your Savior, but you need to have that relationship with him and, and, and have a, a better understanding. Not that we're going to understand him fully, but have a better understanding of him. Don't fizzle out. We are really bad to fizzle out as Christians. And we finish weak. Now, don't you look at, at Demas over here. He started strong. Oh, he's on fire. He was good to go, man. He's going to go out and he's going to save the world. But listen what happened to him. The Bible says he fell in love with things of the world in 2 Timothy 4.10. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed in Thessalonica, Cretan, to Galatia, Titus, until Dalmatia. He started out at the gates, and he was strong. He was going to finish well. He said, I'm going to finish this thing well. He got tied up in the world. He got tied up. And all these other countries that he was traveling around to. And he finished weak. He finished not the way God wants us to finish. And I believe it broke Timothy or Paul's heart. And it does. It breaks. It will break a pastor's heart when you see somebody saved and they get out of the gates and they're going like fighting fire. And then they fizzle out. And then you lose them. You lose them to the church and they go out into the world. It breaks my heart. You go in and you look at these churches. There's two numbers on, in the books for churches. There's two numbers that people like to look at. Church roll, church attendance. Church roll, church attendance. Your church roll might be 210, and your church attendance might be 110. What happened to the other 100? They're going to finish. They just ain't going to finish well. They're falling away. We have people that fall away. The Bible tells us there's going to be a great falling away of the church. And I believe we're getting there. I, I'm seeing 
we see people in the churches that are passing away, but we just don't see anybody coming into the church. We don't see people saved anymore. We don't see people replacing these that are, are passing away. And so there is a falling away. And there's too many worldly things out there that are drawing people away from the churches on Sundays, especially. Too much worldly stuff. So we've got that falling away that's going on out there. A good amount of, are not finishing well in our churches right now. A good amount of church members are not finishing. They're going to finish. They know Jesus. they got a relationship with him. But they're not going to finish well. They're just going to finish. By the, I would say by the skin of their teeth. They're just going to slide on into heaven. They're not going to finish well like Jesus wants us to. Finish the, the, the race well. So I'm going to leave it with this. How do you plan to finish? If Jesus tarries just a little bit longer, if he stays seated up there at the right hand of the Father just a little bit longer, that means we've got some work to do down here. So the question is, and again, this, this is going by the grave or going by the rapture. If you're going to go by the grave, how are you going to end your race here on earth? You're going to finish it or you're going to finish it well? So that's, that's what I want you to think about. You, you young people that are just moving on up the ladder, you got, you got a lot to think about. You got a lot. You're not, you're not trying to please the church or, or anybody else. You're just trying to please God. So I want you all to finish, but I want you to finish well. All that you do. You got a long road ahead of you, and you got a lot to do. Lots to do. You got to figure out what you got to do, <laughs> what you want to do. Elijah's like the rest of us. Just don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up. But finish well, no matter what. So this morning, like I said, we're going to we're going to honor him real fast this morning. And I know, uh, you know, we don't have them all here, which is, um, you know, it's kind of hoping to have everybody here. And we still can't shake and 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 hug and all that stuff that that we want to do. But you know, we can at least give him a hand here in a minute. But what we're going to do, we're going to do we did something a little bit different this year because. The majority of y'all have probably an entire bookcase full of books and stuff that you've been given from the time you was potty trained till you graduated. So we did something a little bit different. Instead of doing devotionals, instead of doing the Bibles this year, if you want one, tell us and we'll get you one. But we're going to do something that you can take with you and use too. Uh, it's, it's got the Word of God on it, but it's not the Word of God. But we got each one of you a really nice water bottle. It's a, one of those really nice metal ones that you can take with you, and it's got scripture on it to help you. Um, I picked them all out, so if you don't like them, you can blame Rita, all right, just so you know. Uh, the only one that I specifically picked out for one person was the one from Madison, and that was, I don't know which one it is, it's the one that says Madison on it. Strength and dignity, that was especially for you, so this is yours from the church, and then Cindy... Whatever's in here, it's wrong on the box. So I'm sorry. They give me the wrong box. Abby. And then who else we got here? Ariel. Not sure what it says either. All right, and then for you guys, they're not, uh, they're not fruity. Galatians 6.14, you have to look it up. And then Hunter. There you go. Now these, like I said, these individuals did not get to finish like a lot of people got to finish their their education out. And, and I, I really do. It breaks my heart. And I, and I wish we could do a lot more, but we still we're just limited to what we can do here at the church. So at some point, I hope we can all come back together and we can have the meal and really honor them. And uh, we may have to tie the 2020 and 2021s together and <laughs> recognize both of them at some point, but um, I want you guys to stand up and come forward, if you will. Just move this way. Come on. Ariel, drag Elijah. Again, I know we've got a lot that, that couldn't be here today, and, and I understand we just, actually, it's all Madison's fault. We had to work this around Madison. <laughs> no. Um, I'm so proud of each one of these. Phew. I remember 
May, I can't remember the date. Anyway, it was May of 2000. I remember at Willowdale. Coming up, get my Bible. See my parents, my grandparents, and thinking, man, I've actually done something with my life. I finished. I'm done. But to see, just to see the pride, to see how proud they was, tickled me to death. But until I stood up and looked back at the church, it wasn't. It wasn't just my family. It was my church family. And I know, again, this year, even today, we don't have as many here as we normally do. And I'm, I'm sorry. It's just the way the world is right now. But I want you all to know that we are all extremely proud of you all. Not just your families. Your church family is extremely proud of your accomplishments. So let's give my hand. And we love y'all, and right now Madison's the only one stepping away for a little while, but we'll always be here for y'all, always. So call us, text us, email us, whatever you want to do, but we're always going to be here to help y'all because you guys are going to run into some stuff that some of these other guys have already ran across, and they, they can give you some pointers. Call Jerry. That's all I have to say. But we appreciate y'all. We love y'all dearly. And um, before you go or as you leave, your banners that were on the fence are right over here, and I want you to take your banners home with you and hang them up on your wall. Elijah, you can take aerials if you want to. Hang it up on your wall. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to close out in prayer. My my goal was, this is what I want to do, I just want to pray over everybody, but I know y'all can't, we, we can't. So y'all just, just, just pray for them as we close out, okay? Father, this morning as uh, we close out your service, Lord, I just want to, Lord, I just want to thank you again uh, for these, these individuals, Lord, for the work, Lord, the time, the effort, the, the, the tears, the stress, Lord, everything that went through their lives, Lord, as they tried to accomplish um, your will, Lord, as they tried to accomplish uh, things uh, uh, in their education, Lord, that would, that would get them a step further. Father, we thank you for their efforts. Lord, we thank you for protecting them. Lord, I just ask as, as Abby and Cindy, as they go into high school, God, that, oh, Lord. Lord, protect these young ladies. Lord, there's so much wrong in this world. There's so much sin in these schools right now. God, my prayer is that you would place a hedge of protection around them. Lord, keep them safe as they spend the next four years continue to, to further their education and get ready for that higher education. Lord, I, I pray that you would just blind them of the things of this world so that they could stay focused on you, stay focused on your word. Lord, they could stay focused on that prize. And Lord, they can well as they go through high school Lord for life and for Ariel as well Father as, as they finished up their high school you know for whatever steps they're getting ready to, to take for their their next phase in life God I pray that you would continue to have a hand in, in both their lives Lord as they go into this as a as a couple Father I pray that you would continue to guide them Lord and, and as a as we've all heard and as, as any of us that are married know Lord it takes three in a relationship Lord it's it's that that man and that woman, but God, it's got to be you too. And Lord, I pray that they do just that. Lord, they, they make you uh, first and foremost in both their lives. And then for Madison and for Hunter as well. Lord, as they have finished up their, their college, Lord, and they're getting ready to go out into this world and, 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 and do some of the greatest things, Lord, that, that one can imagine. Lord, I pray that you would keep them safe, Lord, and I pray that, uh, that you would allow them discernment. Lord, both of them have got to make some, some decisions, Lord, in, in their careers, and I pray, Lord, that you would allow discernment. And, Lord, I pray again, a, a, just a great hedge of protection around uh, this entire group. And I pray, God, that you would continue to allow them to come back to this church and, and get refreshed and refilled. And, Lord, I pray they would turn to you, Lord, in, in those times of need and those times of struggle. 
Father, when when just worldly things just can't satisfy, Lord, I know your word will, your word will quench whatever goes on in their lives, Lord, and I pray they know that and they feel it in their hearts. Lord, I thank you for this church, where they stand, Lord, what they stand on, and God, I pray that they would continue to, to grow, and Lord, I pray each one of us and continue just to, to lift up these, these individuals in front of us today, Lord, and pray for them daily as they go on, uh, Lord, in, into the rest of this world until you come back, Lord, I pray that you just keep protecting and using each one of them in a great way. We love you. We praise you. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. We're done here. Don't forget your posters. And y'all can, what happens outside the church doors, happens outside the church doors. If you want to hug them, that's fine.